Hello everyone, you're listening to J Movie Talk, episode 139, as I'll be talking Lords of Dogtown. They, they look at the cove as a shithole. I mean, thank God, man, because in winter this place goes off. We had it all to ourselves. We had it all to ourselves, man, you're right. All right, everyone, I am back. Um... Starting off the uh, November of films that I'll be doing, I know I took a little bit more of an extended break um, this between uh, October and this month. I hope you all enjoyed um, October Phantasm Takeover Month. I had a lot of fun uh, doing it and also with the podcaster that I had taken over for me um, for the, some of the Phantasm films and everything. Look forward to doing that again. Uh, but now we're now into November and everything it is fall of the year and i decided to do something a little different this month and i don't know why exactly but uh i kind of came up with the idea to basically cover some films dealing with uh, some troubled youth um and everything at different time periods too so i kind of did a little bit of a double thing here not only covering films that's dealing with troubled youth but also uh, at the different time periods um and everything so the movie I'm going to be talking about here um, on the podcast is uh, Lords of Dogtown, which came out in 2005. And real quick, just kind of go through the synopsis and the cast overview. So uh, synopsis for this movie is the film follows the surf and skateboarding trends that originate in Venice, California during the 1970s. And the movie stars John Robinson as Stacy, Emil Hurst as Jay. Uh, you got Rebecca De Mornay as Filiana. Uh, you have uh, Victor Resnick as Tony. Uh, Nikki Reed as Kathy. Heath Ledger as Skip. Um, Michael Argonorana, Argen- I believe that's how I say it. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name, as Sid. Um, but, uh, I mean, pretty much those are your main cast and everything. And then you have like a lot of people that showed up in this movie. Some people I forgot was even in this movie, but I'll talk more about them later on. Um, and it was directed by it was directed by uh, Catherine Hardwick, um, who's probably best known for not only for this movie, but also for uh, the movie 13 and also the Twilight uh, series and everything. She's known for that. But this movie is kind of the movie where people kind of really took notice. I mean, 13 was her first film and it was more of a controversial thing because you had these 13 year old girls doing some crazy stuff. But for me, Lords of Dogtown is the movie that showed that like, Hey, she really can act. Oh, she can really direct the film and, you know, really tell a a kind of compelling story in a way. Um, Like I say, I've seen 13. I've seen this, not so much the twilight films, uh, well, movie that she directed. Uh, Red Riding Hood, I wasn't too, too thrilled about. Uh, I'm trying to see here what else she has uh, that I've probably seen. Um, not too much or uh, anything else that she's directed that I've watched either, uh, which is kind of crazy. But I feel like the first two films of hers is she she kind of needs to get back to doing more stuff like that, in my opinion um you know kind of pushing some boundaries and things of that nature 
because she I, I do think that she is a very talented director um she she's not a Catherine Bigelow who's probably like my favorite um female director um if you want to hear me talk more about her listen to when I did Catherine Bigelow month and I talked about a couple of films of hers and, and I kind of just gushed all over her or whatnot um when I was talking about her and her directing style but uh Catherine Hardwick she does a good job uh as a director as well so um to kind of kick things off here so the movie starts off with uh kind of getting an introduction of our four main well three of our main leads at least and that's uh jay john and stacy um uh, jay stacy and uh tony i'm sorry um so it is them basically, you know, sneaking out of their house and everything because they want to go surfing. And, and we kind of get a glimpse at what type of home life they have in certain aspects and things of that, that nature. And I felt like the movie was setting up um, how they would kind of continue on through their journey as the movie progressed along right at the beginning of the film and everything. Um so it's it's uh 1975 to be exact and they go off to the pier because they want to like get some surfing in before they go to school basically and when they get there uh they're getting ready to get into the water when um one of the one of the older kind of local legend type dudes or whatnot chino he stops them from going in the water say "Uh uh-uh if you want to if you want to uh ride these waves you basically got to um you know, either you got to do some cleanup detail and you're going to be a lookout for anybody who comes along here. And we see Chino and some of the other guys. And that's where we first see Skip played by um, Heath Ledger there as they go out surfing and everything. And then they get into it with these uh, some valley guys who come along thinking they're going to try to surf. So they basically, you know, run them off and everything. And because of that, that's when they're allowed to get in the water and finally show what they can do. And. And the older guys basically kind of watching everything like that. And so, like I say, from that introduction, we get, you know, once again, we kind of get like this whole shaping of what these characters will be as the movie progresses along. Um, So as things kind of go along or whatnot, and we see where Skip, he own, he kind of runs this um, local um, shop or everything, like a surf shop, surf, surfing and skateboarding shop basically and he decides that he wants to start up his own skateboarding team to kind of go with the whole competing thing because skateboarding had kind of become this huge thing in in around this time so what better thing to do like hey i got some talented kids here whatnot maybe i can you know start up a team and you know have them compete and everything and kind of blow a lot of these other um, kids out of the water who's not doing the type of things that my kids are doing um, so that's what kind of happens there. And then, um, so things kind of go get rolling with that. And we kind of get where we see them skateboarding and stuff and, uh, the new tires that come along at the time too, that will change the way skateboarding is done. We see the introduction of that and everything. Um, and then after that, we, well, not after that, but we, we, we kind of get a glimpse at, um, all the boys having some trouble family drama some some type of dramas in their life so starting with jay um rebecca de mornay plays his mom and she is basically like a she's like a big hippie and everything uh rebecca de mornay she doesn't have a huge role but i felt like it's an important role because we just i, I feel like 
her character is is somewhat of a driving force for for some a lot of stuff that Jay does, especially when it comes to him making money, because he truly does love his mom, and we don't know exactly who his dad is, but the guy that she's with and everything, we do see them break up um, early on in the film, and it's it's kind of sad because clearly him and this guy were Jay and this guy were close. And even when he's leaving, he's telling us like, hey, look, look, I I do still care about you. You'll always be my boy. Say, like, but you know, your mom's crazy. And Emil Hirsch does some really good acting here because you can see it in his facial expressions that he is hurt. But because he has to be like this tough, you know, kid or whatnot, he tries to act cool and everything like that. But you can clearly see that this is affecting him, that the probably the most stable father figure in his life or whatnot is now leaving because of some you know problems that's come about with with the mom and like i said that becomes like a running thing for jay throughout the course of the movie and next up we'll talk about stacy who he he never seemed to fit in with anybody uh well i wouldn't say fit in with anybody but he never seemed to be as skip says throughout the movie he never feels like he's one of the like them he's not a pirate he he has a job he he has a pretty decent home life um to some degree um and he he doesn't have the same kind of pressures or anything that that tony and um and jay have but it's like he know he's not like any of the other probably valley type uh kids or anything he is more like a He's more of a street kid to some degree, but he, he kind of plays that happy medium where he can he can travel in both circles and pull it off in a way. And we do see that, you know, some things kind of come about through um, with that as the movie progresses along, too. And then Tony, Tony is the one who always feels like he has something to prove. And we don't really understand why that is but at the same time we do see like the whole thing with him and his dad where his dad is very stern with him and you know and everything and will go after him because before he go after his, his sister played by Nikki reed um and everything and they kind of have like an interesting relationship too and because there's one particular scene and it's almost like you know you guys are brother and sister like why i, I mean i don't know too many brother and sisters that would be having sex with somebody in the in the same room in you know next bed to bed i mean you might see that with with brothers or something like that but not necessarily brother and sister why is a brother and sister sharing a room because there's always kind of been a thing like you know the boy and the girl should not share a room you know blah 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 type of thing but i always felt like they kind of had an interesting relationship too and i'm not going to go into what potentially could but there are some kind of signs, especially when, when, uh, Stacy starts dating, um, Kathy played by Nikki Reed, um, and everything. It's almost like Tony gets jealous about that. And it's almost like, okay, is this like a Scarface type thing? Like, why is he so jealous about his sister? It's like, maybe he has feelings for his sister. And like I said, I don't, because this movie is based on true story and everything. I don't want to be like, you know, saying anything like that, especially especially putting anything like that out there. But uh, from the movie standpoint, it always kind of had like a little underlining of that, at least for me, um, whenever I watch it or anything like that. 
But uh, but as far as Tony, he always has this thing like he has something to prove, and like he just has to show that he's better than everyone else, and he he needs the spotlight. He's it's like he's always craving for attention. Um. So speaking of um, Stacy, um, thoughts about uh John Robinson's performance in this movie? Now. This, I mean, I've seen him in a few other things, but this seems to be the one movie that he really got to do a lot. And he he does play Stacy, who this movie is written by the real Stacy Peralta and everything. So you're kind of sort of going to see Stacy in some of a better light than the other two. But I get the general consensus that what we see of Stacy in this movie is true to what like really happened in real life for them at that time he always seemed to be a little bit more driven from a bigger picture standpoint than the rest of them um and i feel like um, john robinson he does a good job here and it's, and it's we don't really see him too much in anything now of note um and i i don't know why that really is but uh i'll kind of talk about it a little later too when when i start talking about like a lot of this cast and everything about where they are now uh, type of thing but i thought john i thought that john robinson he does he does a good job playing stacy and in some scenes later in the movie you do kind of feel sorry for him in the sense especially something that happens between him and jay in regards to kathy don't ever want you to wear underwear around me again okay hey stacy what's up bro you couldn't even tell me I was gonna tell you. When? You're my friend. Dude, I know, and I love you, bro, but you can't handle her. And you can? Apparently so. Like you supposed to be friends, but you don't you don't do that, especially when you guys are supposed to be like truly friend friends or whatnot. Um so as as things kind of progresses along uh stacy actually doesn't he he doesn't actually make the um the uh skate team at first because he's at work and everything so he doesn't get to join the team so he ends up joining this first uh competition that they're having as an independent skater while the team they show up there and he fledger i mean he he's he's actually a in this movie i would say you will see why he was such a huge talent and why people really liked him as an actor and even though he's you know older than than the teens and whatnot he, he really does have like a big brother like fun go, happy go lucky type of way about him just kind of a loose free spirit in this movie and we see a lot of it especially in this beginning part when they show up at this um this competition they just kind of bombard and they way up to the front of the line and they come in it's like here's our interest fee now where's our trophy and everything so the security guard he's like hey you know this you know you got to get to the back of the line and i love the line that he says to the security guy like hey i thought this was the back of the line and and everything and it's like come on man it's like look we can probably make a make a deal or something like that and he flashed him like a hundred dollar bill and the guy's like all right you, you know you're you're, you're you're you and your guys you're good so you just go right through there and everything so he slipped him the bill and everything and then they walk off and then when he opens it up, he didn't actually switch it out for a $1 bill. So they, he conned the guy for a $1 bill. So they get in there 
and they're watching these other kids and everything. And it's like they doing like this real, like standard pedestrian type maneuvers and everything. And the crowd is kind of eating it up and everything. And they're looking like, what the hell is this crap? Like, like what is this? This ain't skating. This is just like some play skating type thing. So the first one of the group um, that actually gets to compete is uh, is Jay. And it's funny how um, Skiff, he puts on the on the uh, PA for them to play uh, Iron Man by Black Sabbath. And it's like when that opening, you know, sting come on or whatnot, it's like it grabs everyone's attention. Like, well, what's going on here? And so he goes out there and he starts doing these moves that no one's ever really seen before. And the crowd gets really into it. And the, and the, um, and the MC and everything is he's like naming like the maneuvers that Jay is doing. He, at one point, he even says to him, he's like, um, I, I don't even know what that was. I've never seen it before. So I don't even know what to call it and everything. And he does his whole set and the judges they because they've never seen anything that he's ever done because jay is more like a true street skater so he probably doesn't know any of the quote-unquote like technical turns and things of that nature so he doesn't do any of that and because of that he gets somewhat low scores um on his first go around which is kind of you know he, he's a little disappointed but it's obviously he always has like, like he don't care mentality so the next one from the team that goes is um is Tony and he goes out because Tony is a little bit more polished and because he has to be a perfectionist and everything has to be about him and everything. So he goes out there and he actually does a lot of the stuff that you know they kind of expect but he has some like flair to it and everything and he gets like the top score. So after him is when Stacy he not, yeah when Stacy um um ends up coming out as the independent skater and everything he's doing like some similar stuff to what they're doing and you see one of the guys he's kind of like whispering over to one of the other people so after stacy's done or whatnot um you know the boys and everything they congratulate stacy and everything or whatnot and then they come over and they disqualify stacy for something that was very stupid they disqualify him for the fact that his hands is touching the ground when everybody for the most part before him went his hands was touching the ground and you know it becomes a whole big thing and this that and the other and in the process of this uh tony gets into the dude uh to the guy's face and tells like look he tied me he's like what's the problem and then that's when things kind of get out of hand when the guy like insults tony but like can you even read and everything like this and tony just cold cocks him right there and then we get this whole big thing back and forth and skip he takes off his belt and he wraps it around his hand it's like all right step up one at a time and everything like this and skip you know he basically kind of diffuses the whole situation but in the process of that tony gets disqualified from the whole thing because he did punch the official and and everything like that but um uh stacy ends up winning the competition and jay he comes in third and and everything so after this um it's like he in some weird way stacy kind of earns skip's respect and you can see like the enjoyment because it's like they all look up to skip because he is like a local legend and things of that nature plus all the kids like hang around him and everything um so th that was kind of a cool thing like to see stacy because stacy was so excited at the fact that skip called him bro and then they go out to eat with him and then because of that he ends up joining the team officially from that point on and then that's when things kind of really you know get rolling from that point on but uh 
speaking of, uh, I kind of mentioned a little while ago, talking about this cast. Now, at the time, a lot of these people um, were unknowns. So I'm going to go back through this cast one more time. So, like I said, I already talked about John Robinson, Emil Hirsch, and uh, Victor oh, Rasik. Let's talk. So, other characters, other cast that we have here, we have Nikki Reed, who for that time period, I mean, her she co-wrote 13 and Catherine Hardwick um, directed everything. So, she, you know, she's in this movie. She has a fairly big role. Um, talked about Heath Ledger, who was, you know, making his stride at this point. He, he looks very much like a young Val Kilmer in this movie, but his speech is somewhat like the Joker. You can hear like some of that Joker cadence in his speech. Um, we also have Pablo Schreiber, who now is like a name and everything. But around that time, I mean, this is like right before he ended up on The Wire and of course, before he was on Orange of the New Black and, you know, different movies like this. But this was one of his first roles. He's kind of unrecognizable because he's got the long hair, he got glasses, and he got a mustache. So he's a little bit unrecognizable, but he's in this. Um, we have, uh, let's see, who else here? Um, Melania Diaz, who she's another young actress at the time, but she's going on to be in movies like Fruitvale Station, Be Kind, Rewind, A Guard to Recognize the Saints. Um, she was in the first Purge movie. Uh, she's been in quite a few stuff. She was in uh, Room 104. She's someone that's not like a big, big name, but she's been in a, enough quality work now that you might not know her name, but you recognize her face. Um, let's see. Who else here? We have... Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Come on. Um, America Ferrara. She shows up here. This is way before the whole Ugly Betty thing. And... It's funny, her character's name is Thunder Monkey, and she has this whole weird obsession with uh, the character Sid and and everything like that. And it's kind of funny seeing her in this type of role, but she's one of the young, you know, upcoming stars and things of that nature. Sophia Fergara, she shows up in here. She has a role um, in this movie. Johnny Knoxville, he, he pops up here. Um, he has a fairly decent role as well. Um, let's see, who else? Um... I don't remember Bai Ling being here, but apparently she's in the movie. Um, we get Shea, Shea Wiggum and freaking Jeremy Renner play these two brothers who end up uh, managing Jay later on in the movie. And it's like, what the hell are they doing here? And it's funny that they play brothers in this movie because they do look like they could be brothers in real life. But this is Jeremy Renner before he really hit it big. And I mean, Shea Wingham, he always showing up in some movie playing like some dastardly character that you that you really don't like. Um, let's see. But it, I mean, it was a lot of freaking people that show up in this movie from an acting standpoint that we now know more of as a household name in some cases. And it's just kind of funny, like seeing them that you have all of them in this cast. And ironically enough, some of these lesser characters in this movie are now more mainstream actors than most of our lead actors. I mean, yes, I mean, of course, Heath Ledger, he passed away, um, unfortunately, and everything. But um, Sofia Vergara, she's on Modern Family, and she's a big, huge household name. Um, America Farage, she had a hit TV show with Ugly Betty, you know, whatnot. And like I say, they played a lot of, they played these small roles. 
in this movie and but they're memorable especially when after when you're watching the movie it's like i know that person i know this person especially if you're someone that's like really into movies and tv shows and if you've seen enough you probably start recognizing these people um so it was kind of cool like seeing a lot of them uh in this movie um so next up what i want to talk about as things kind of get going and the boys are starting to become a little bit more popular because they're doing the whole competitions thing and everything like that um there's a drought that hits california and because of this drought a lot of people are draining out their pools to conserve water and because of this the boys start sneaking around going into people's homes you know getting into their pools so they can skate in their pools and everything and this becomes a whole craze too and by them doing this is where like a lot of photography um begins to take place and because they're skateboarding in pools and and then now they're ending up in magazines and it's it just kind of a, like a cool kind of um like montage of them going around at different pools and things of that nature and like seeing them become more famous as time goes by um so after that um uh, talk about I want to talk about uh, Victor Rasek as uh, Tony. So, I mean, he's been in quite a few stuff um, over the years and everything, but he never, like, got to be, like, a huge name or anything. I really don't like him in this movie. And I'm not saying I don't like his acting, but I don't like the character of Tony. I don't know who the real Tony is. And I, once again, I'm assuming that a lot of this is true to life of how Tony was. But Tony was, like, a, he was an arrogant something he he really was but you you don't like him i mean you do feel for him when when his dad is like putting him down or or you know things of that nature but uh most of the time with his character i didn't feel bad when he gets punched in the eye doing one of the competitions and get his eye basically you know busted and has to have surgery and he can't compete for a while i didn't feel bad for him because it was his fault he's a hothead and he like i say he always has something to prove and you, you find yourself really not liking his character as the movie go along and and everything but i felt like he did a good job of portraying that because he tapped into i guess who the real tony was during that time um but uh, but overall i did not like tony uh the character at all in this movie uh so basically after a year now that um you know they've been skating and they're basically the z boys and everything you know zephyr uh team so z boys they become celebrities because now they're in magazines. They're they're showing up in like commercials and you know TV shows in some cases. And at least with with Stacy and um, Tony or whatnot, Jay not so much. I mean he's doing it, but at the same time he he doesn't want that type of celebrity. But he's still you know he's still making a name for himself, and you know everything's kind of pretty much going good. But things begin to turn once johnny knoxville shows up topper burks he shows up he's almost like a he comes in looking like a freaking white pimp or whatnot he's on his white suit got the long hair the shades everything he's looking like a white superfly basically and he's basically trying to sway away the boys from from skip and in one particular case he catches uh tony on a good day for him and he basically tries to he basically swindles tony away and this is kind of where things begin to turn for the bad because we see the rise and of course once you rise to the top there's only one way to go and that's down and 
so Tony decides to leave the team because Top of Burst decides, you know, hey, I'm going to give you money, this, that, and the other, cars, you know, get girls, you know, basically anything you want, the sky's the limit because now you are a star and I can help take you to that next level where Skip can't do that. And it's kind of sad to see this happen. And especially with Skip kind of starting to spiral out of control because he realized he's losing his grip on the boys and there's nothing he can really do about it. And he has this big meltdown and everything and, and everybody leaves the party. And, and so everyone kind of start going their own, own way. And ironically enough, the last one to actually leave Skip is Stacy, who was the one that Skip didn't originally want to be a part of the team. And, in the scene that, that they have together before Stacy actually leaves is Stacy kind of calls him out on that and tells him like, you know, you didn't even want me on this team. And now you want to try to build everything around me because I'm the only one here. If I wasn't the only one here, you wouldn't be saying this to me. And because of that, Stacy ends up, he ends up leaving and going off and joining like one of the top um, skating companies. Um, in the nation and everything. And then his, he rises up even more as far as a celebrity go because of that. Um, So I want to talk about Emil Hirsch as Jay. And Emil Hirsch at this time, he was probably looked at as, he was going to be the one that was going to be like the next big star. And of the three that major um, boys or whatnot, Emil Hirsch for a time period was like, showing up in everything. I mean, he got a lot of acclaim for Into the Wild and and things like that. And he was just showing up in these movies and he was getting all this praise and everything. But then, I don't know what happened. It's like he just kind of disappeared for a while. And then he shows up here this year in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in a small small role, but somewhat of an important role. And that's kind of where his career is. And I, I don't know what exactly happened, but he... He he kind of you know fell off the map in a way and everything, but I, th- I think he did a good job here, um, playing Jay and you, he's one. I would say next to Stacy, well probably even a little bit more than Stacy. You you feel bad for what goes on with Jay because you you see what his home life is like, and then as he get more and more into the street and with with the gangs and everything, and then he he goes from having long hair and he shaves his head and he just he kind of just becomes a loose cannon and. And I mean, that's pretty much what happened with the real, um, real Jay. And, um, I haven't watched the documentary in a while, but at the same time, it it, it delves a lot into what happened, even what we don't see in the movie about Jay. Things that like I say, he he really had a rough life, and unfortunately, he passed away um, a few years back um, of a heart attack. But he did have somewhat of a rough life, and and I thought Emil Hirsch did a really good job of you know putting that on screen of what the real Jay was. And also the real Jay even makes a cameo appearance as a party guest at one of Jay parties at his home and everything. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting and cool. Um, so, so speaking of the cameos, I just mentioned about, about a uh, Jay making a cameo, but Stacy also makes a cameo appearance or the real Stacy that is, um, and everything and also tony hawk he shows up as an astronaut who's taking pictures with john with john robinson who plays stacy and what's interesting about that is that when stacy in real life went on to start his own company and everything one of his um 
one of the people he brought on his wing was a 14 year old Tony Hawk. So it was kind of like funny, like for anyone who don't know that story, but it's kind of funny that here's Tony Hawk at the age that he was in 2005 in the movie as an astronaut, taking a picture with John Robbins, who was playing a young Stacy Peralta. So I thought that was kind of cool and how they did it. And they also have the thing where he tries to, where he gets on the skateboard to try to skate and he slips and falls. And he's like, oh, it was a lot tougher than it looks and everything like that. It's like, yeah, but in real life, Tony Hawk has gone on to be like one of the biggest names uh, celebrity wise in whether skating or whether or not he's a household name. People know who Tony Hawk is um, and everything. Um, but it was cool that they, you know, included like some of the real life uh, skaters um, from back at that time in the movie to have small parts. So one of the things that runs through this whole movie is this thing about uh, Sid who when we first see him, he has like, it's supposed to be like this running thing about him having this inner ear problem and his equilibrium is always off. And as the movie progresses along, we end up finding out that it wasn't an inner ear problem at all. He actually had brain cancer and he gets really sick and he gets to the point where he becomes, he ends up in a wheelchair and through his sickness, it kind of brings everyone back together because you know, they genuinely care about Sid, even though they were all having their own personal issues throughout the movie. But Sid was the one to help bring them back together. And it's it's a nice little reunion touch with the, with them and everything because of, you know, their sick friend and everything. And just how they kind of let all that other crap that went on, you know, through the course of the movie or through the years in real life with them. So they, they dropped on it and they came back as friends once again. So we basically, the movie ends in a way where, where they started, they started off as friends. They, you know, they went their own separate ways. They lived their own lives and everything, but they come back together and kind of become stronger in a way with a friendship than what they had before, which I always liked about that. And, um, so next, uh, I want to talk about Heath Ledger. I kind of talked a little bit about him, but um, this is actually one of my favorite roles of Heath Ledger, even though it's not a huge role because the movie does kind of move a lot real quick um, and everything, but his role isn't huge. But what we get to see of him, you, you understand why he was the talent that he was and, you know, why his star rose the way it rose. And like I said, unfortunately, he ended up passing away with the whole Joker thing and everything. But this is one of those roles that I don't think a lot of, people remember him doing if you bring it up to somebody you're probably like, hey do you remember that movie lords of dogtown and he's ledgers in it's like i never heard of it he's ledgers in it you know that might be the selling point to get somebody to watch it and, and like i said you just get to see him in a whole different light in that movie because he's in his early 20s at that point but he's like a little bit older than most of the main characters but he's like the big brother in a way to them um in a lot of ways we watch him and just it's just something about his his screen presence um throughout the whole, whole movie and like i say he, he reminded me a lot of a young val kilmer especially val kilmer when he played um jim morrison in the doors or whatnot um but like i say heath is really good in this um so before i get to my favorite character and uh rating what are we doing too with these uh, episodes about the trouble use? It's just kind of talking about how 
the movie and some of the characters might relate to me on a personal level. So, I mean, I wasn't a troubled youth or anything like that. But, uh, you know, as a teenager or whatnot, you do get into your fair share of crap and everything. You know, you're kids, right? And in my case, because I, I played a lot of basketball and things like that. So, not so much from a skating standpoint, but like how me and my friends would, you know, go from like basketball court to basketball court, playing basketball all the time. You know, you it's kind of similarity with that. And of course you had older guys who you might look up to, you know, that was like playground legends or some crap like that. Right. Um, so I related a lot from that standpoint, from like you having like a group of friends and, you know, things like that, that you always hung out with um, and things you know, going a certain way and everyone kind of having their own, you know, they might have some people that have their own issues and things of that nature. But, you know, when you go on the basketball court, it just all that kind of goes away and you just play and everything. And some of us, you know, did have like some personal issues similar to like what these guys have. Me personally, I probably I probably say if if I had to relate to any character the most from like as far as how how things went in the movie, I probably say I probably related a little bit more to the character of Stacy in the standpoint of where I can, I can kind of, I can travel in both circles to where I can travel with the, you know, the well-mannered and, you know, more polished crowd. But then also too, I can kind of, I can kind of wiggle my way into that, the street pirate type crowd too. But I have a, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a, you know, one of those types or anything, but I, and, and, the, but the way he's portrayed in the movie, I feel like I am more in, in line with that type of a character, with that type of character. So, um, yeah. Uh, so my favorite character, I mean, it would have to be the character of Skip, um, played by Heath Ledger, because like what I said, I mean, he just really, really good in the movie and his, his final scene in the movie as he ends up working in the shop that he once ran and everything he's kind of hitting rock bottom in a way it's kind of a sad scene really but he go but but the way it ends with him is kind of true to what the character was is that he's no matter the situation he was in he always had something about him and the fact that he's kind of he's making the surfboard and he's rocking out to um ross stewart's maggie may and singing and everything it's, like I say, it's almost a somber type ending for his character in the movie, but uh, I felt like Heath Ledger, he does a really, really good job. I know I said it playing for a while, so I'll say it a few more times. He does a really, really good job in this movie. Uh, if I had to give the movie a rating out of five, I probably would go with a solid three and a half out of five because it is a it's a very entertaining movie um, and everything. Like I say, you have some really good young actors here. And the movie, it go even though it's an hour and a half long, but it it moves quickly, um, and everything because there's a lot of like a lot of fast pacing. Technically, the movie only takes place in the course of maybe like two to three years, but like I say, it moves really fast, um, and everything. So that's pretty much it for this episode. I want to thank you guys for listening to episode one thirty nine, The Laws of Dogtown. Um, I will be back next week as I talk about it was a tv movie um called over the edge which stars uh matt Dillon um in his first role actually 
Uh, so that's kind of continued on with the whole troubled youth thing. Um, also, too, I mean, if you if you um, if there's any movies that you like that deals with troubled youth or, you know, teenagers getting into a whole bunch of things or whatnot, you know, hit me up on Twitter at JMovieTalk. Um, let me know or on Instagram at JMT, JMT Podcast. You know, leave your uh, you can, you know, message me. Let me know. Like, hey, I'll, just to kind of give a shout out to you and whatnot and mention the movies that you like uh that deals with like troubled teenagers and everything give you know kind of give like a little reason why you didn't like the movie and i you know i mentioned on the episodes and everything so thank you guys again for listening to uh this episode and of course you can check out all of movie talk episodes on the tv zone podcast network um which of course is our host site on podbean.com as well as itunes well apple podcast or whatnot whatever they're calling it uh stitcher and of course wherever else to listen to your podcast and like i said you can follow me on twitter at j movie talk of course and everything and i will be back for episode 140 as i'll be talking the movie over the edge catch you guys next time peace Face the path of